If you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, well, you have come to the right place because that is what my expert guest and I are here to help you do. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we're stuck and need to rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relationship or an emotional shift, well, the first thing we have to shift, my friends, is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. I'm Lori Bischoff, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get busy. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of We're Talking Shift. Today, we are going to talk about some powerful ways that we can shift our lives using a technique that is thousands of years old. So it must have some merit if it has been around that long, right? But we're going to learn what the technique is, how it works, and how using it can help us reach our full potential. So I am really, really excited that I get to have a renowned transformational leader here with us today to tell us about this ancient technique. So those of you who have watched The Secret or perhaps your students of Mind Valley, you're going to recognize her instantly. But for those of you who have not met her yet, let me tell you a little bit about my special guest today, Marie Diamond. Plus, I just love her name. I'm going to call her that through the whole show, Marie Diamond. That's what I'm going to do. That's why I'm going to do that, you guys, because that is such a pretty name. Okay, so Marie Diamond is a feng shui master and one of the world's top transformational leaders. She is a speaker and international bestseller and the creator of Diamond Feng Shui. Marie is a featured teacher and the only European star in the worldwide phenomenon, The Secret. She has worked with people across the globe, including many celebrities that you will recognize, such as Steven Spielberg, Jason Bateman, uh, Mick Jagger, just to name a few. So let's welcome her on now. I am so excited for what she's going to share with you guys. I think you're going to love it. Marie, welcome to We're Talking Shift. Thank you so much, Lori. It's wonderful to be with you and wonderful with everyone that is watching or listening. Well, I'm delighted and I feel so honored to have you here because uh, as we were speaking about a few minutes ago, I know it is very late for you. You are in France. And so, um, you know, it's it's midday for us uh, where I am um, on mountain time in the States. Uh, so I feel quite um, a lot of gratitude for you to stay up and hang out with us at this time. You're welcome. So Marie, um, Feng Shui is something that I have been aware of for really for a long, long time, but I've never really had the, you know, the ambition to dive into it. So I'm very much looking forward to learning more about this from you. I have heard you speak. Um, I've been a Mind Valley student myself for several years now. Um, so I'm very aware of what it's all about, but I don't know the intricacies. And I know that a lot of my listeners, uh, this will be new to them as well. Uh, so I guess, you know, the first thing before going into how you even ended up in this position, um, maybe just explain to everybody what feng shui is. Well, feng shui is what I call an ancient energy system, right? And so the words feng shui means wind and water. So it's really about the chi, the flow of energy in our environment. And so if you 
think about Chinese healing methods, you have acupuncture that looks at the flow of energy in your body. Uh, you have Tai Chi and Qigong that works about the energy flow of your body, but also around you. And so Feng Shui is really um, looking at how the energy flow is in the place where you live and sleep and work and, and do business. So there is a flow of energy and we call that wind or water. So think about when you breathe in, right? Uh, we have uh, air coming in us, right? And we breathe out, right? So we know that the two key aspects for life is your breath and is water. If you uh, cannot have air, you're within a few minutes, you're, you're gone, right? When you don't have enough water, right, you dehydrate and you die too. So it's one of the two key points of life force that we need in our body. When you don't drink enough, when you can't breathe is, is a key. And so the, the Chinese feng shui masters, I always say probably they were first shamans that kind of looked at how nature was working, how energy was working. And they start first looking at like, how was the influence of the wind? So we all know that when there's like two intense cold winds, we shiver and we go inside, right? And when there's this warm, nice breeze, we're kind of hanging out late in the night and we're, we're totally happy. So it is so that where your location of your space is, first they would look at the landscape and say like, well, they would first make sure they would... Um, protect themselves from the northern and the eastern colder winds mm -hmm. because that is if you would have doors or windows towards the east and the north you get quicker sick and especially of years um, it was practiced first of all for longevity for your health it was not first focused towards your money or your career or your relationship it was first about the health because mm -hmm. if you would stay living longer you could have children and when there were children they were taking care of you that's kind of how the chinese were thinking mm -hmm. and so when you have opening and landscape towards the south and towards the west what most people still have they have so today, the architects were kind of making sure the, the back of your house or your terrace would be towards, you know, the, the south or towards the west because you have the most sunshine, right? And you feel like happier because there's more light coming in, right? Yeah. So this is actually the origin of, of feng shui, was the location of the place where you live. Okay. And it's only like a few thousand years ago when the compass started being understood and they started looking at the elements of nature, what we call the five elements, wood, water, fire, earth, and metal. And they would look at the compass, they would see that there are um, a flow of chi that we can work on inside the house, not just outside in landscape, but inside the house. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have these experiences that we come to a place and we're like, oh, we love hanging out there. There's something to that place, you know? And there are other areas you're like, you go there and you're like, oh, let me get out of here. It doesn't feel right. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it can be with restaurants that you think oh, it's beautiful, but you don't want to come back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some other areas that don't look so great, but there's this vibe there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we all have this experience. And especially also as women, we know when the energy goes down, what do we do? We clean up, we are redecorating, we're reorganizing our right. home. And because we feel there's something only to clean or you know right do something right because we feel instinctively there's the the energy is lower yeah yes. but what if there is a system to it yeah and the system and that is what feng shui over thousands of years uh there was a system that the feng shui master started understanding that they need to do and till like 9050 right so only like almost uh you know 70 years ago that information was only kept to the ones in power, the emperors, the kings, the queens, um, the, the top business people. They would keep that information to themselves because it gave them power. It gave them better luck. They were longer uh, living. They had better relationships. So it was like this whole vibration that they had access to and that the poor ones or the mm. normal people didn't get. And it was even at a certain time, if you would share this knowledge, you were actually decaptivated in uh, China. So it was very protected. Mm -hmm. And it's only in 1950 when we had the Chinese revolution that some of the top families of China left China, uh, you know, the actuals, the functional masters, to places like Hong Kong, Taiwan, um, Singapore, um, you know, Malaysia. And these families would start using the same information, mm. right, for the cities that they lived in. And that's where, you know, they start working for American corporations, British corporations. And they would say, I'm not going to change to get into that office. Still my feng shui master. Right, right. So, so the secret like, was out. The secret got out, right, completely. And so when that happened, it's only like in the 1980s that first books in English came out. And I was actually at the first international conference in 1994 in London, where the first time the seven top grandmasters of the Chinese um, feng shui system were able to travel to London. And there were only at that time 100 people, 100 experts, and I was very lucky, I was one of the first there, that, um, that had a conference to talk about that. Before that, it was so hidden. And now, you know, I was just uh, recently looking at a, a, a show on Netflix, and they were talking about feng shui in, in, in one of the, the series. So I was thinking, oh, this is getting really out there. So yeah. this is kind of the story, um, what feng shui came really out in the world, only okay. like a few decennia. Yeah. So, all right. I am, I want to ask you about obviously how you got into this whole thing. What, you know, how did you go from where were you before you got into this? And then, and then how did that happen? And I'm going to imagine that this is probably your going rogue story. Well, it's definitely a going rock story. Um, so I am from Belgium originally, from a beautiful city called Bruges, you know, the Venice of the North. And so um, I was 15 and I had a, a, a bad accident, um, you know, a truck run over me and I actually got killed. Um, and they, um, I had a near-death experience and they revived me. 
And so after, you know, uh, getting back in, in my normal life, um, I asked my spiritual mentor that I already had at that time, I was like, what did I do wrong? You know, what did I do wrong? Because I already knew the law of attraction. I was already meditating. I tried to be the best girl I could be. So my mindset was quite positive already at that time. Mm -hmm. And still I had this thing happening. And he said, Marie, you have bad feng shui. And I was like, what's that, right? Never heard of it. He said, you know, the place where you sleep is not positive for you. And I hated that bedroom, by the way. And my life was, you know, I was very high, uh, very good student, but I did not have any friends. I had, I was bullied at school, beaten up sometimes. And so I changed to another room and start doing some basic practical feng shui tips. And what happened was that within, you know, a months, these bullies became my friends and things just start shifting, like a real interesting shift. And so I kept practicing this information. And um, after that accident, I also got a very clear vision on what I wanted to do in the world. And, um, and it was very clear, I was here to enlighten 500 million people and more. That was like the vision I got wow. when I was on the other side. That's so it quite was like, a vision. It's quite a vision, right? It's quite a vision, and, Marie Diamond. <laughs> so I was like, okay, how do I do that, right? So I thought like, well, if I become a politician or a diplomat, perhaps I can reach millions of people. So I became a lawyer and started working for the international um, community, Belgian, European. And um, so at a certain point, I was like, you know, this is not exactly what I, I'm doing here. After five years working with politicians, I kind of had enough, to be honest. And so I started thinking, you know, I really, and I was already consulting some of the politicians. I was teaching them sometimes practical tips on meditation, on feng shui. And I started a consulting company. And in that consulting company was totally focused on uh, changing the energy, you know, creating enlightenment, teaching meditation. And my first clients were the politicians, actually, I had been working with. But I started seeing that I needed to give them more and more feng shui tips. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I started seeing that, you know, their mindset could not change if the environment was not supporting them. And so I remember within a year, I actually was doing the feng shui of the prime minister of Belgium. So it was really interesting um, how very quickly that people were like, oh, this is so practical, right? And, um, and this is like, literally, like I made that decision. And within a year, I saw thousands of people speaking to them, teaching them about energy, about feng shui, about meditation. So that was like a, a going wrong story for sure. Right? Sure. It absolutely yeah. is. That's amazing. And now you've far exceeded that 500,000 people, I imagine, because you're everywhere. And and yeah, I, well, it was actually 500 million. And so, <laughs> I, so I actually, I would say I definitely even reached that because, uh, you know, I then at a certain point, I made a decision to go to live in America and I got in the movie The Secret. And I would say, you know, The Secret and um, all the interviews and all the documentaries that came from it, we definitely have exceeded more than 500 million people. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Wow. That's a really great going rogue story. Not many people go from being a lawyer to a to a internationally acclaimed feng shui master. Uh, so that's pretty amazing. And The Secret is, you know, anybody 
anybody that has seen it always has wonderful, um, a wonderful experience just with what they take away from that and apply to their lives. So I think it's amazing. I saw it um, in 2007 or eight, um, right? It was still pretty new, I think. So um, it's been, that has been on my radar a long time. Um, and just the practice of the law of attraction has been something I've done since, the mid 80s. So when I saw the secret, it wasn't really new to me, but it was a wonderful new reminder and refresher course. Uh, so that was a, a fabulous bonus. Um, before I ask you my next question, I would just like to say I sure wish uh, Marie Diamond that you would come and talk to some of our politicians here in America, because I think they could sure use some of what you have going on. All right onward we won't i won't i won't even go any further than that but <laughs> I, I just had to get it out there all right so um let's let's go into this can people i know what your answer is but i'd like you to ex expand on it a little bit can people really change their life utilizing the art of feng shui mm -hmm. So we talk about the law of attraction. Um, we always see there's three aspects to the law of attraction. The first one is what we call your spiritual luck. Mm -hmm. And that is actually how to connect with your soul, with your essence, with your consciousness. And you can do that, of course, through meditation, through awareness, through prayer um, in a conscious way. Um, and some people will, through that direction, really have major shifts happening to them, right? The second part is what we would talk about self-development and that's why we call the human part. And that is how you can change your mindset, you know, release limited beliefs, um, you know, change your feelings, you know, instead of being angry and sad into gratitude and compassion. Uh, you can also do positive actions instead of taking negative steps in your life. So that's the human design that in self-development we speak about. Now, I remember my function master saying, you know, most people work on this and then there are other people working on the human part, but there's a third part. And that is for many people, the missing link on their law of attraction, on their manifestation, on the shift that they need to do. And that is the environment, is the place where you live, sleep and work. And so when we start using some very practical things there, what happens is you create like a foundation so that in that place that you live and sleep and work, it's like your mindset will become more positive, you will feel better, you will be more in harmony, and ultimately, you will also change your spiritual destiny. Mm. And so once I really got that, I'm like, oh, my God, that is just so amazing. And nobody talks about that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of started working on explaining that to people in a very easy way, because it's literally, you know, um, you can reach the top of a mountain, right, with all your goodwill and all your power. But it's still possible that you reach the mountain with the wind against you. So it takes a lot of efforts. Feng Shui is really about making sure your home is so supporting you and your office is supporting you so that the wind is behind you. So you will reach that mountaintop easier and faster, more effortless. Yeah. Mm. And that is actually what Feng Shui does. 
it actually supports you in becoming who you are. And if we know that each aspect, spiritual, human, and environment stands for 33% of the results of the law of attraction. I always say, you know, changing your thoughts and feelings Ooh, it's very intense to do that every day, right? It takes a lot of discipline, you know, doing meditation every day, you know, really aligning yourself with just listening to your intuition. It takes a lot of effort too. But if you can change something in your environment, changing your desk, putting a different image, you know, it will actually, once you have done that, you feel that shift and it goes faster and then, Literally, your home, I always say, is like a three-dimensional vision board. So you have goals, and but if your home is telling a different story about the goals mm-hmm. you want to manifest, mm-hmm. it's harder to manifest because everything you see around you is constantly influencing your subconscious mind. Okay. So that image is always influencing. Like the image you have behind you right now, mm-hmm. I don't know what that, it's, it's a man it's, that is like. It's it's actually a picture of Marilyn Monroe and she's lifting weights. So I love it because it's such this beautiful combination of beauty and strength. And that's what she's doing. It is a beautiful picture, but having something like this behind you uh-huh. is not a thing. Yeah. Ah. Well, because it's somebody laying down, somebody doing effort. So it's not something supporting. Yeah. It's not like a human being supporting you. So that think about my image. It's a mountain. Yeah. Okay. So I am supported by a mountain. You know, Marilyn Monroe, as wonderful she was as an actress, was not a very strong person. True. Right. So and perhaps working out to get better. But the problem is she is not supporting your life. Yeah. First of all, she's dead, right? <laughs> she right? is dead. Good point, Marie Diamond. She is dead, <laughs> right? And and it's not like uh, it's not like a force of nature. Mm, I right? get it. I I knew you were going to have something to say about that picture. I just didn't know what it was, but I thought, okay, after hearing Marie Diamond speak, I know she's going to say something. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to be open to receiving it and I am going to make an adjustment. So, and actually just to my right are my windows that look out over mountains. Um, so, you know, maybe I'll make a little shift, but so do you think that I should move Marilyn somewhere else or just hide her altogether? <laughs> well, I, to be honest, I would never put her in my office. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't do that because, first of all, I don't think you're an actress. No, I am not. That's not your job. That's not your task, your vision, your mission, right? So um, if, you know, I have uh, actors out, but they are clients of mine. Yeah. Yeah. So that is something you can do. But, you know, I always suggest people, you know, in an office, never put images out from people that have passed on, especially in a very difficult way. Yeah. Mm. And and she has, right? Yes. Yes, so true. It, it, think about that, right? So your subconscious knows that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you have to be careful about that. Um, if you put people out from that have passed on, but perhaps there are saints and masters, you know, in their field, you know, very famous and, and their legacy keeps living on, mm-hmm. you know, beyond, but it's a positive. Okay. You know, 
then I would suggest, and it's connected with who you are, mm -hmm. right? For example, if you would say, oh, I put a picture of Einstein there. Okay, he has passed on, but my God, his legacy is amazing. Yes. Right? yes. So, you know, I'm just giving you a difference between Marilyn Monroe and Einstein, you know? No, I love it. And I have, I love Einstein. I have, I have books on him and I have a quote of his on my, on my desk. So I, I love the comparison and um, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I just got this an amazing um, little nugget of wisdom from you. So I'm going to be making a change and um, Marilyn's going to have to be relocated then because all I was thinking about was what I interpreted as this combination of beauty and strength. But I, I didn't even go to all of the other things that you just said that are really obvious, but I didn't I didn't see it. So it makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Well, just think about is that, is that everything has a story, right, mm -hmm. or expresses a story. And your question is always, does, is that the story I want to live? Mm, yeah, right. Is that the story I want in my home? Because you want to manifest your goals. Well, your home is here to be the foundation and the support to create that exactly. And so everything around you can be your support or can block you. Right. And so that is why sometimes people feel like there's like magic happening when they start doing feng shui, because like suddenly, you know, blockages that were there for a long time suddenly are unblocked and they're like, mm. wow, and I get this phone call and I get this situation happening. And so like there's this flow coming back. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. it's like your home can be a dam, you know, right. stopping right. the flow of the river. And you never want that in your home. Yeah. Right. No. And so, and I, I try to, our home is fairly open, which I, which I love. Um, but, uh, yeah, something like that, that could like stop the, the, the flow or by making these changes, you can sort of remove energetic resistance that you weren't aware was there. Correct. Yes, that is for sure. And so there are many steps that you can do about that, but okay. you know, I'm sure we will address them. Yes. Yeah. No, that was amazing. Thank you. Um, all right. So, uh, so what would you say would be just some maybe general ideas that you could give to our listeners about just some basic things that they could change in their main environments, you know, maybe their living room, bedroom, um, the place where they spend the most time. I mean, some people spend a lot of time in their kitchens, but some spend none. So I don't know if, you, if that's very easy to address, but if you could give people maybe a few tips on that and, and maybe um, address the, the biggest, most common mistakes that they make. Well, um, you know, the, the, three important places that I always first want you to look at for the feng shui is your living room, because that's important for your social life, your bedroom, that's important for your romantic life, mm -hmm. and your workspace, because that's important for your professional life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So these are the three areas. And indeed, if people say, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time in bathroom and my kitchen, I'm always saying, well, I don't know if that's really the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, uh, let's just focus on the things where there is, there needs to be good energy. Mm -hmm. And so the first step I always ask people to do is wherever they are sitting down. So if that's in your workspace, if that's in your dining room or your sofa, is uh, that you always see the door. When you see the door, you actually have control over your environment. Think about a king, a queen, a CEO, 
right, an emperor, they will always position themselves in such a way, like on the throne, that they are supported by a back, by the wall or a baldachin, something strong, and they will have space in front of them, and they will see the people coming in. Once you do that, something shifts in your brain waves, actually. So when you do that, you go from what we call beta brain waves into alpha. When we go into alpha state, we are open and optimistic and energetic, and we think outside of the box. So our creativity goes up. Mm. So when you're with your back to the door, what happens, your brain within three seconds, and we've done many tests about that, goes into beta brainwaves. That means you get your clothes off because you don't see what's going on behind your back. Yeah. yeah? yeah. And so you're, you're like seeing more the problems and the worries and the, the fear than seeing solutions, especially if on top of it, your desk is facing the wall. Yeah, and you're like, literally, there's not even somebody that can sit on the other side. Mm -hmm. So you're facing the wall. That means literally you will start feeling like you're hitting the wall financially in your career. Things are not moving forward because there is a limitation of space. Yeah, and if then on the same time behind you, there is space open and you don't see the door, you actually are not getting the support that you need. So this is actually based on what we call the landscape energy that it is said it's better to have a mountain behind you than to have a mountain in front of you because you're literally are hitting the mountain. So that's the first thing I always ask people to do. Look into your workspace change your desk in such a way you see the door. I've seen miracles happen by this. That people said, I got promotion, I got raises, you know, like suddenly things start happening. I even uh, on a cross of my uh, desk, I have a chair there. So even if nobody physically comes to sit there, except my husband once in a while, right? I have a chair ready for you, Lori, there. I have a chair okay. ready for anyone coming to sit there. <laughs> Right. So what I do, I see the door. So subconsciously, I am the queen in my home. I'm the queen in my space. Mm -hmm. And it totally shifts the way you think and attract success and abundance and re recognition because you're sitting in a power position. You can also do that in a bedroom. So when you are waking up, right? So you're sitting up that you need to see the door because then you will attract faster romance, have better relationship with your children. So it's all about having a power position. It's a very simple thing. And I always say to people, try to do that in any meeting you have. It's a meeting for business, in a conference room, when you're teaching, wherever you are, always see where people come into the space mm -hmm. you are working or living in. Yeah, I I totally get that. Just it's something that I know for myself. Whenever I have been um, had a, a group meeting or anytime I go into a restaurant, I have to have this seat where I can see the rest of the room and the yeah. door and the space. And it's usually how I set my offices up too, um, so that I'm facing the outward, so I can see what's coming yeah. in. And it just and the space is out in front of me. Um, it just it's a whole different feeling. You can just feel yeah. the difference. 
it is, you can feel it, but you know, every successful person I have met and I have worked with a lot of very successful people and many billionaires, they do that automatically. It's like they feel like this doesn't work. But I've been in so many homes of people that really struggle and are challenging uh, through their experience is that's the first thing when I teach people on seminars and I have to ask how many of you are sitting with your back to the door. I mean, 80%, yeah. you know, of people. And I'm thinking, how, I, I, this is like natural for me to do that. Mm -hmm. But it's based as a feng shui principle to do that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So the second thing that I would always suggest to people is feng shui is about space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want you to really walk through your home and go and walk through your home like you have the eyes of God. You have the eyes of the universe. And you open the door and in you walk into your entrance and you see like, is this welcoming? Yeah. Or is it shoes on the ground, coats hanging out, Amazon boxes? I don't know what else you see there. But is it welcoming fresh flowers, a beautiful candle, a picture of the family, or their light colors? You know, make sure the entrance, what we call the mouth of chi, it's the place where money comes in. So think about does money like what it sees when you walk in? right? Uh -huh, Does yeah. God, God like it, right? right? So, and then walk around in your house, in your living room, you know, how is that set up? What are the images? Go into your workspace, go into your bedroom. You want romance, but you know, they're all images of single men or single women hanging out. Mm -hmm. You're actually saying to the universe, I'm okay by being single, mm. right? So it's just, you have to think these are the messages. These are the stories that you've been telling yourself. And I don't know what is the first, it's sometimes the chicken or the egg, right? It's like, do I feel single and I put all the single images up? Or do I feel starting being single because the images are up? It doesn't matter. It's an, a continuing conversation between you and your environment. And so the, that's becoming aware of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, is that what you want? That's the question you ask yourself is this what I want in my life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is yeah. this image, is this things, is that set up this way? And the third step, very practical is, like I said, it's about space, but um, it's also to declutter the space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is to making sure there is really space around everything. There's space on your desk when you work, there's space on the cabinets, there's space in your closets. So the moment you create space, you actually create space in your mind. When you create space in your mind, there's space for new things to come, new people to come, new ideas, new opportunities, right? Yes. And so as you let that go, that too much of stuff that you have, you know, the universe is like, oh, she's ready for something new and mm -hmm. new things start coming in. Yeah, I agree with that too. I, I cannot, I don't function at all at my best if there is any kind of clutter around me. I'm definitely a, everything in its place and lots of space kind of gal and and it's very hard for me to focus my energy on the task at hand if there's clutter and disarray i have to put that i have to get rid of that first and then i feel like i can breathe and focus on what i'm focused on uh, but i mean i don't know i know some people that seem to uh, just flourish with uh, stuff everywhere. I don't know how they do it, but that is just makes me just go, oh, I, I, 
I catch my breath. So, uh, but who knows, maybe how much more um, successful or how much more they would achieve if they didn't have that around. Yeah, I have to be honest. First of all, it really affects your health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, when you have this clutter around you and they have done a lot of tests in the Chinese universities on, on this. And literally when you are cleaning something up, you are opening something in yourself, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, just looking at clutter all the time, you know, perhaps people can get things done, but if you really would listen to how they feel about it, they will be moved, they will feel the rest. I mean, literally, they are not the most happy campers, to be honest, when you're living in clutter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I I know that to be true just from a few uh, past clients that I've worked with and uh, a couple that I uh, had the um, well, we, we decided to do some, some sessions at their home and wow, the, the environment was an exact reflection on what was going on up here. I mean, if I had to have painted a picture or drawn a picture of what I thought their environment looked like based on what our sessions were about and what was going on in their life, it it would have been probably just like what i saw only what i saw i think was even was even more um overwhelming shall we say um but it it, but does, it was it, an exact match it's a chaos around you is chaos inside of you yeah yeah so right about that what about colors what about the colors in our environment does that play into the whole i, I i'm sure it does because i know colors have an energy so how does that yeah. fit with feng shui so yeah, so there are what we call five elements. So for example, the element fire, right? So think about reds and hot pinks and, and violets, right? Um, I always suggest to people not to have too many of that in your bedroom because the bedroom needs to be yin, needs to be calm. So it's better to work with earth colors there like beiges, browns, yellows, pinks, mm. You know, mm -hmm. you know, soft. So, something soft, right? Or metal colors. Metal colors are like white, silver, golds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So fire is something uh, we will use in uh, more places where we need to be more optimistic and, and you know, have more energy, like let's say uh, a dining room or a living room. But in the bedroom, we always calm things down. Yeah, you can okay. put a few a few things of fire, like a little candle or something, but not like a red wall or red covers. That okay. always okay. creates health issues and uh, an, an, an unwell being for people. Mm. Then we have watercolor. So it's like blues, all kinds of blues and black. That's also a color I try to avoid in a bedroom because it creates too much emotions. Yeah, mm. when people have a blue bedroom, they get quickly depressed, you know, um, quickly, uh, especially in a bedroom. But hey, they're great in places where you work, yeah? Because water stands for money. And so you can definitely work with blues in places where there's a lot of activity, yeah? Yes. And we also have wood, so uh, warm greens, warm browns. And I always say, you can work these colors, they can be very nice. I always try to avoid that a little bit in the, the bedroom, you know, the real green colors, because in the bedroom, literally we need to be asleep. And when we feel like subconsciously we're in nature, we're, we're, we're awake. Yeah. Mm, that so we, that's again, our colors that we can definitely do in the living room or. Okay. Okay. I like it. Energy. 
So, yeah. so, so in this sense, there are some colors you can work with, but like, for example, for abundance, you know, I always work with gold. Yeah. So I always have some golden looking items around you or wear them. Um, definitely mm. in your office, mm. you know, if you have certificates out or beautiful pictures out, always put them in gold looking frames because then you're giving subconsciously like I'm going to the golden level. I'm going to be a champion. You know, it's like that level of the golden standard. So you give that energy around you. Oh, I like it. That's a great tip. And, you know, I find it interesting. Um, I don't know if, if you've uh, experienced this or noticed this, but I've noticed that in different phases or more like years, in each year of my life, uh, like over the last 12 years, I have noticed that I've been, I've gravitated toward a color that's particularly like all of a sudden it's like the year of pink. And I just was gravitating, you know, everything, I was like pink. And then it was a year of gold. And then it was a year of ivory. And then it was the year of, of blue. So I've noticed that in different phases or years of my life over like the past 12, 15 years, there's been this interesting appeal for a certain color it must be an energetic thing that I'm attracted or drawn to or trying to pull into my life. Yes, it is so. So you have the elements based, uh, your colors based on the elements, but I work with the diamond in the diamond feng shui. And so we work with specific 24 quantum colors. And so based on your personal energy number, there will be a color that year that really will resonate with you. And that color stands then for a, an aspect of consciousness. You know, mm. and so some people say like, oh, I said to them, oh, this is the year for clarity for you. Like, oh, yes, I love the word clarity and said, but the color is aqua blue. Oh, my God, about everything. So it's like you, you can actually detect through the system that I have which color really works for you that year. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. And it's like some people will then say like, oh, this was the year of pink, but then it's like pink stands for love and tenderness in my system. And it's possible that is exactly the color that really works for your energy this year. And so you're, when you're in tune, right? People, people always know which color works for them. Right. So interesting. Okay. So what about, this is a weird question, I, I think, but I have a feeling, Marie Diamond, you will be able to answer it. So okay. how would you explain to someone, I guess, let me back up a minute. To me, everything that I'm hearing, this is very tied in. It's very integrated with the law of attraction and, and spirituality for a broad word. How would you present this to somebody that is agnostic or doesn't believe have a spiritual belief how would you explain this in terms that somebody with just a science brain a science mind might be actually willing to consider or be open to it well you know i had clients in all kinds of backgrounds all kinds of religions, and also agnostics right and so sometimes for them it is, um, they don't really understand always about the consciousness behind them, but they do um, feel energy, you know, or they are open to energy, yeah? Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, or they want to sleep better, right? Sometimes it's very practical, or they want to have better relationships, or they want to have better clients to them. And so I always say to people, look, 
give that a try for nine days. Yeah. And because, you know, it, it's of course not based on science of, uh, I would say, New Newton science, right? Right. But it is actually based on the nature science. Yeah. And yeah. if you know that somebody like Newton was a dowser, right? So he actually doused for, for water. So he already was aware of water and, and energy with it. So, mm -hmm. um, so if you look at that perspective, um, I always say to people, give it a try to see how your energy shifts. And so, you know, I've worked with top scientists and they just, the way I explain it, the way I make it very clear, also from a quantum physics perspective, because there's a lot of quantum physics behind it. And then I go really into the very intellectual information mm -hmm. about wavelengths and frequencies. And, and then they're like, oh yeah, I got it. Yeah. So you can actually go to that level of explanation mm -hmm. um, and it totally makes sense to them. So, right. and I said to them, just give it a try, you know, um, right. it's just, it's the way you approach it differently to them. Mm -hmm. The and language is part of that too. Language. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Okay. Duly noted. <laughs> so, so, all right. What about right now? Um, we've got with all that's going on um, across the globe and we have people that are cooped up at home and their children are cooped up at home and they have been for a while and there's really no end in sight. Um, you know, they're fearful of getting sick. And a lot of people are in tiny, they're in apartments, they're in tiny places. They, you know, not everybody has a sprawling home in a yard. So are there any, like, sometimes there's just very little that can be moved around. Um, what, what kind of tips or suggestions can we maybe give to um, parents or parents, you know, people with children that are in a small space to just maybe some, a few little things that they could do um, that might help just open up some energy and, and bring a little more harmony into this crazy time? Well, you know, you know, sometimes, like you said, we cannot change things around us, right? Um, you know, one of the things I'm teaching is the personal energy number and that everybody has a success direction. Yeah. Mm. So people can download my Mary Diamond app is for free. Um, and so then they put in their birthday and their birth gender, and then they get like a little compass. And let me just quickly uh, show this, right? Oh, so it kind yeah. of, yeah, kind of looks, looks like a little compass. Yeah. Okay. And so um, people then, let me just do that for you. Let, let's make it very easy if you want to share your birthday with me. Okay. My birthday is July 4th, 1961. Oh. 61. Okay, listeners, okay. everybody stop doing math right now. <laughs> yes, of course. Yes. So you are what we call uh, energy number three. Okay. I don't know if I can perfectly. Yeah. And so energy number three, you are what we call the bringer of light. So you want to always bring light to people's life. Yeah. But the main thing is your success direction. So your success direction is south. See that? Yeah. Uh huh. South. So what okay. you do, people take their compass and stand in the center of a room, the center for your child. It will be the center of their bedroom. Um, for your office, you will be the center of your office. And you're going to, for you, it will be south. 
for somebody else could be southeast or northeast or okay. east or west okay depending on the birthday and then you hold the compass yeah and you look what is in the south so the south is kind of here behind me in my room I okay don't know for you okay and the first thing you do is you're going to check out what is there and the let go of all the clutter you know, all the things you feel has nothing to do with success. Mm -hmm. And then you can put images of success. Mm. You can uh, put books of success or products or services or your business cards. I mean, whatever you like. Or for children, it can be a painting, their newest painting, right? Okay. So, or the bookcase with the books of school. I mean, whatever it is, right? Okay. And then they also have a relationship direction. And so yours is Southeast, yeah? So, because people are so much in, um, so together, they need to really start honoring their relationships. So look at your relationship direction. Mm -hmm. You can do that in your bedroom or in the living room, in your office too, but then you will focus more on professional relationships. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to put like picture up from the family working together, right? Uh -huh. You're going to make sure you remove anything that uh, creates disharmony about mm -hmm relationship like in the children's room you will not put images up from star wars for example and you know okay mm -hmm. cars or something about the family and and working together and so these okay. are like very simple things people mm -hmm. can everybody can do that okay. but especially when you have a lot together you also need to change the uh, the smell in the house very important ah, yeah okay so it's not just a visual right? It's also the smell. So there are several smells that really makes people feel calmer, yeah, and more in harmony. So in the living room, you can put a vanilla candle, right? Okay. Or like a candle smells like cookies or mm. cinnamon, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So something warm and calming. And so people will make less conflict when they have that kind of smell. In a bedroom, when you have a lot of stress, you know, and you have to wake up and it's like, oh, will I want to wake up again the next day? Put lavender. Yeah. So put some lavender essential oil, like on your pillows, left and right of your head. Mm -hmm. You actually will clear out your mind easier. You will sleep better. And in the morning, you wake up with much more feeling of brightness and optimism. Yeah. yeah. So these are like the, this is one of the things I suggest. And then the audio, right? So too many times people have constantly something on, if that's radio, music, um, television is on the whole day. We already are listening all the time in meetings. Make sure there is at least a half hour a day, some silence. Mm -hmm. in the house. Yeah. Yes. So that you know, you're reading something. So there is, because the house is right now, it's like constant mm -hmm. vibration of noises. Yeah. And to just put in a half hour calmness mm -hmm. in the house. Even if you watch your, your, your cell phone or something, you don't talk for a half hour. It makes such a big difference in people's life. Yeah, I I totally get that. I have to have quiet all day or that background noise. Some people like to have music on when music is lovely or t a TV on like there's they feel like they have company. I have to have quiet. I just 
I just like it quiet. I was, and I always appreciate it so much um, after we've been traveling because usually if we go somewhere else, there, there's noise. And we we were just spending um, about a month um, or two in some Airbnbs we were traveling. And yeah. one of the places in particular was on kind of a busy road. So, you know, cars and trucks and just noise constantly. And I just was like, oh, I can't wait till I get home to Wyoming. The only noise that I hear at my house here is the wind and it's <laughs> wonderful. It's really nice, but I, I do appreciate I, I the quiet. That. Well, it's one of the same things for me. Like, you know, I'm traveling um, normally very, very much in airports. And, and so when I come home here uh, in the South of France, there is this quietness and live in this whole village, you know, Mm. A beautiful garden it's like I can walk there's nobody out there on the beaches I'm like ah, silence yeah. you know that's yeah. important and we need to learn to appreciate that again I know I I agree and I've I've noticed too that a lot of um uh, in my past experience, um, families that I have worked with or been at their homes that have um, a lot of a lot of stress and disharmony, there's just always noise going on. There's just yeah. always music and TVs and and just noise, and it seems like that noise is so disruptive to uh, being able to promote any kind of flow and harmony in the household it makes a difference it's really obvious when you see it, the difference it is. and also so that can be conversations going right mm -hmm. how can you have deep conversations when there's noises all around you it's not possible yeah yeah i agree well marie we're um we're coming to the end but i think i recall you saying you had more than one going rogue story. So I would love it if before we sign off, you share your other story with us. Um, yeah, of course. Um, so I was uh, an established teacher um, already in Belgium and in Europe. And I just had bought a seven bedroom villa with a huge park around it. So I was like, wow, you know, the amazing. I uh, saw thousands of people every month teaching. And so I was already starting to work in America and just really building up very slowly, 10, 20 people in the seminar. And one morning I woke up with a very clear voice in my head. You have to move here in three weeks. And so I called my husband and I said, start packing. We're moving in three weeks to America. And he's like, he always wanted to come to America. So that was not a point for him. He's like, but we just bought this big house. I, I don't care. We need to move. So uh, I came home from uh, San Francisco at that time and came back to my hometown. And we packed and literally with seven suitcases, my youngest son, the oldest, did not want to come right away. So we're going for three months. We'll see. Right. And, um, and the dog. <laughs> so we just got on the airplane. And and um, I arrived and I already had signed uh, with somebody like Elise for three months, right? Um, and I arrived and that house was totally empty. And when I came to the airport, seven of my students had come to welcome us and they said, you know, we're so happy to have you here. Uh, we, we know you will stay for a long time. And um, so literally I went to the home and they had gone through all their garages and they had totally furnished the complete house for oh. me. Beds, office, fax, computer, television, 
towels, wow. anything you can imagine. I came into a house that was fully furnished, oh. literally, you know, three weeks later. Wow. And so that was really interesting because within two weeks, I met um, as one of my new students, Marcy Shimov, who was actually the one that introduced me to Jack Enfield, Bob Proctor, um, oh. you know, John Gray, and they all became my clients. Mm. And then Jack brought me into the Transformation Leadership Council, got into the secret. And I know I would have missed a portal in time Mm -hmm. If I would not have said, yes, I'm going rogue. I'm just jumping mm -hmm. to get to America. I, at that time, was not, I was like, just going there for three months. Of course, later on, I got everything sorted out to stay longer. And I stayed 10 years in America. And I got oh in the because of that, yes. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Because that really is so going rogue. You just bought a, a massive home. And very you hadn't even really settled into it then yet barely i hadn't settled in and i had no money left that's an amazing story marie and i'm so glad that you followed your intuition and you came back here and well the rest is history so far that's fantastic um i would love for you to go ahead and share where everyone can find out more about you and your services before i let you go of course. So you can go to mariediamond.com. There is a bar there that says, get your free energy report. So then you can start right away, very practical, doing some feng shui for success and health and relationship together with your Mary Diamond app that's all for free. And please go to YouTube. Uh, we have a wonderful channel with amazing uh, videos where you get a lot of extra information. Go to my Instagram, Mary Diamond 8, because you have a lot of extra tips and lots of videos to support you on your journey with feng shui. Wonderful. It has been a delight to have you. So I'm so, so grateful. Thank you for the time and all of the wonderful, amazing information that you shared with everyone today, Marie. So everyone, if you found value in what you heard here today, please don't be greedy. Share it with everybody that you know. Let's spread the good shift around. Um, give us a five-star rating and give us a review too. Those reviews help inspire other people to listen to all of the good stuff being shared here. And make sure to subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss any future episodes. Until next week, stay feisty, my friends. Stay healthy. Stay, stay, can we say this, Marie? Stay schwade. Can we say stay schwade? Does that make sense? You can say anything you want, but thank you so much, Lori, for having me and being with all of you. Thank you, Marie. Everyone go make some epic shift happen in your lives. See you next week. Oh, and you too, Gary Vee. <laughs>